Hi, <laughs> welcome to our, our podcast and thank you so much for being a part of this series that we're doing. First off, your name, so as in who's, who's fronting at the moment and pronouns as well, preferably. Okay, so it's currently Sky and Sophia, we're co-fronting because Sky organised it, so she definitely has a right to be here. And um, Jade is pretty close. She's our primary protector, so she's ready to go if something happens. Yeah. Is they, they, them at the moment? Yeah. Good, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Well, it's Moxie. Um, I, I think I'm the only one on, in our system that has actually done any of, oh, except for Everett, but um, that has contributed to any of the podcasts, even though everyone in our system likes doing them, but it's Moxie. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I don't really know what my classifier is in the system, but I exist. I, I do things and stuff. <laughs> um, and what is your ethnicity? So the body's ethnicity. So we're Nigerian German. Yeah. So half mm. and half exactly. Nice. And country of residence? Germany. And how would you describe, I guess, the body's appearance? So if you were to categorize it from like say white passing medium deep or ebony skin tone um how would you describe that i would say medium we're not white passing i don't think anyone would assume that but we're not our skin isn't that dark either so you grew up in in germany no we grew up in england we moved to germany four years ago ah okay cool cool and how did you find, I suppose, growing up in England? Because, I mean, we personally have only been over there, um, like, on a, on a trip to visit, like, family and friends, like, last year or so. But how did you find that experience as a person of colour? Well, so I was there when I was quite young, so primary school. The majority mm -hmm. of my school actually was, there were very few white people. The majority of people were from um like Pakistan and places like that so there was one other girl in my class she was that she's black and I was the only mixed person I thought well there's another girl but she never said specifically so yeah so I didn't mm. so I didn't think it was actually that strange then so it was just it was never a topic because you had people of so many different races until like it was different when we came to Germany um we were 11 and we were the only not white person in our entire grade so when we came, it was already a topic. It was, what are you? Do you count as German? And we're like, that's a Do fun question. Do you count as German? Yeah, the first question we were asked was, what are you? What, where are you from? We're like, okay, so I'm also a human being. It's not a what, it's a who. And I was like, but people were very interested in us. Do you get a lot of um, questions and comments on your hair as well like and people yeah. just trying to touch your hair unnecessarily well one time i was walking down the street and someone just grabbed a handful of my hair and pulled it and they said they were checking if it was a wig <laughs> so it happens a lot it so we have dreadlocks now for a couple of months that's also a topic mm. people on the road are like do you can you even wash your hair I'm like yes of course i can wash it it's clean my hair doesn't it's yeah it just means i don't comb all the, the i don't comb it out but mm. yeah, there's always people, always, they're very excited about your hair. If you have like extensions or braids, they'll say, oh, are those dreadlocks specifically in Germany? Yeah, there are a lot of questions. Just strangers on the street will just walk up to you and just touch your hair and be like, oh, is that real? I remember like when we were in high school, I was in class and I think 
two or three of the girls that were like in the like popular group or whatever that were in my class decided that while we were watching this movie or whatever that they would just start sticking like pens and pencils from their pencil case in my hair like this is when our hair was like long like it was like full and like fro like right and they would just stick pencils in my hair and I was just like sis why though yeah people used to do that to us especially in art class but it would be food they would try and balance food in it or in a cinema they'll put there would they'd be complete strangers sitting behind you who try and get popcorn to stay in your hair and I'm it's not very nice. You're always like, how am I meant to respond to this person who thinks my hair is their trash can? What, it, what kind of response are you meant to give them? Have, have you found over time, like responding to a lot of the things, uh, whether it be hair comments or people like touching your hair or treating it as a trash can, like, have you found that your response has changed, I guess, over time? Or it's still one of those issues where like that anxiety to even like discuss or even say something to them is still like very prevalent and you just like kind of like let it happen type of thing I think it depends on which author it is so if Jade is fronting or if Jade is close she will tell them off she will give them a whole lecture on racial sensitivity or just what 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 kind of behavior is that or would you do that so I've seen her go up to grown people on the streets who are pointing at us and be like what is your point what questions you have ask your questions now so the next person doesn't have to experience this nonsense um, but yeah. usually if it's one of like, if it's like Sky or anyone with a little, you just don't say anything. You just keep walking and pretend it never happened. So yeah, mm. most of us are a bit nervous to be confrontational because you don't know where it's going to go after that. You don't know how the person's going to react. Yeah. And, and how do you find it as um, someone that is mixed race, like interacting with the different cultures that you're a part of like do you have a sense of belonging I suppose in either of those or do you feel very ostracized from both I feel that I belong to both of them I wouldn't say I don't I I am technically part of this group but I don't think that I actually belong in it but the they're not the group isn't always as accepting and I actually do think it's so people often think that um it's worse with white people so with the German uh, cheap people but actually I think it's equally as bad with Nigerian people so they people saying oh you're too white even our parents say it or and then there's the German people they won't they tend not to be as direct but you still see like them talking about things like but are you really German questions like that so I personally see myself as belonging to both the groups, but neither of the groups truly 100% accept you as one, as a real member. Was that something that you discovered when you were younger, or I suppose something that you're only just coming to terms with at the moment? I, yeah, I think it was definitely something that I've known all my life. It was not really like a discovery moment. I've always really felt, because my parents would always be, would always say, oh, we want them that also makes them more Nigerian than German because they grow up in Nigeria and they'll always be like, yeah, you're Nigerian, but not really because you don't really know what it's like. You haven't really experienced it. So I think being hearing that from however young you are, you never really have that feeling of, oh, it's a sudden realization that I'm not really, I don't, they don't really accept me because the feeling of acceptance was never really there to begin with. When you're saying that as well, and do you find that with anyone else that you have interacted with from um, either your family or friends background um, or online or anything like that from Nigeria, right, that it has been treated, and I suppose the same question goes for um, for Germany as well, right, but 
that it has been treated that if you haven't spent, you know, X amount of time in that country, that you belong less to the culture in itself. Yeah, I definitely think it, it happens with both groups. It happens with Nigeria that you, I've, I've never lived there. I've only been there a few times and it was only when I was much younger. So then people say, oh, but you're not really Nigerian. But I'm like, I know everything that I know the culture. I know I've taken time. I've learned it. I've grown up with it. Um, yeah, so I would, so I don't see why you have to be in the country to belong to it. Um, but then yeah. also the same thing happens in Germany though, like German isn't your mother tongue. You didn't start with this language. You didn't grow up here. You weren't born here. So you're German, but not quite. Mm, yeah. And have people, because that in itself is a form of bullying. Have you also experienced other forms of bullying from people from either group because of you being mixed race and not fitting 100% into either category? I think it's mostly with people from Germany because most of the people that I know from Nigeria are related to me in some form, so they wouldn't really be as direct. It wouldn't be as obvious, and you also didn't spend as much time with it. But I would say um, you've had te- we've had teachers make some very strange comments, like we like they see your passport and we have a German passport, and they go, "Oh, did you steal it?" And yeah, we, I had a teacher in the sixth grade ask me who I stole my passport from, a passport that had a photo of me. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. Who did you see it from? So you hear it from students. You hear it from everyone. That's it's so not... ignorant. Sometimes I'm like, do you did you mean to say something to hurt us, or are you just lacking that? Like, just why why would that be the thought that first comes to you that it was stolen? Mm. And why would you say that to an eleven year old child? Uh, do you experience as well, like when you go out? Um, to like you know when you go out to the shops or anything like that because of your skin color like that those like microaggressions or anything like that from you know shopkeepers or anything that will be keeping like a closer eye on you or anything like that because they assume that you're going to steal something or along those lines i've actually never happened had that happen to me in germany i think I think if if it's it's something that I just have been completely oblivious to, but I've never noticed it. But we were in the US on holiday and it did happen and people did, someone was like, if they did think we had stuff shoved into our very small bag that we were stealing things. And it has happened occasionally in the UK, but only in major cities like in London. So I think it's actually mm. getting a lot better, but it has. I haven't really had experienced that much of it. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose when it comes to internally and in the inner world within the system, right? Do you have alters? Like, are there alters in the system that are, you know, a darker tone than what the body is, or even like a lighter tone than what the body is? And I suppose, what's your opinion on that? Like, as in how that would have happened internally? So we have Sage. She's sort of our wisest alter. Like, she's not the most yeah she's uh, she's our darkest skin alter as well she's very wise she knows she's the one you go to if you need advice but not for anything emotional I think that might have a connection to our parents as well because and to like um we have a great aunt and she looks very similar to her I would never go to her for emotional advice but if you need cold hard facts and you need the way that things are going to go she's the person you are so we actually think it has some relation to that um Mm. because she's one of the people that she's 
yeah, she's mixed, but she's darker skin. And most of the people that we know that are mixed uh, have quite light skin as well. So we think that might have yeah. had an effect. We also have quite a few alters that are white. So for example, we have Winnie, she's Welsh and she has a lot of emotional trauma and some of that is also racial trauma. And we think the reason for that is she can handle it better because she does, it, it doesn't connect with her as much being bullied mm. for, for having darker skin or for being mixed. It, it's not something that she can really truly understand. So it's easier for her to cope with it. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that that's because I, I definitely um, like from from our end, right, we have a lot of those. And I think a lot of that is due to, you know, growing up in a very like for us in a white area, for example, and having to have someone in the system that can be very disconnected from those racial issues in order to survive. Do you feel like that that is very, at least from interactions that you've had with the community, for example, that that is something that a lot of people would resonate with is that having alters that are lighter skin than the body, because you are either mixed race or a darker skin tone, right? Is because, you know, you need to have that, that disconnect in order to get through racial traumas growing up or later on in life. Yeah, I think that's something that I've actually heard other you know, people talk about. It's some, that that's their theory for why they have it, because it, it tends to be that these the autos that don't look the same as the body, they do tend to be the ones to have any racial trauma or like emotional trauma in that sense. But we also, mm. we actually have something that all our, all our um, sort of protect, all our strong autos that are meant to like look after us or things like that, they all tend to be darker skin than the body, which we also we think is actually a connection to um, the fact that a lot of, because they they can sort of be disconnected from the people who, we are usually around so it's sort of that differentiating between the people who would who would possibly hurt us because they're the ones we're around which usually tends to be white people and then our protectors mm -hmm. being different from them so you can so there's like an obvious contrast mm. I'm not sure if yeah. that makes sense <laughs> no no it, it it did make sense I was just reflecting on it. it it does make a lot of sense and has me just like internally thinking as well I'm like ah that that might explain a couple in our system that are also darker skin tone and that are our main protectors so I'm like huh that's an interesting food for thought <laughs> do you like what what do you guys think of I guess the community um the community like discourse discourse, whatever everyone calls it nowadays um what do you think of that and I suppose recently it's come up but it's always kind of been around but um of the whole like race claiming uh, issue and everything like that, um, where white systems have alters that are darker skin tones than the body, but are claiming the uh, different racial identities that don't match the body. I think there's a problem when they when they front and they'll say I'm black to someone and the body is white or something like that because then you're claiming the identity in a way that you're saying this is the this is the kind of way that I live my life when it's sort of not it's the way you are in the inner world so I would more so we are autos that aren't mixed which say in the inner world I present as or I look like this because they don't want to claim a, a, an identity that they haven't really experienced in the world that everyone else is living in. So mm. we have authors who, so for example, we have um, Layla, 
she would say she in the inner world is Japanese, but she would never claim that identity and say, oh, this is who I am in the outer world, because that is, that's not how she's lived her life. That's not how she, other people will see her. That is not how she can, she can't claim that identity because the body doesn't have that. And it's not fair to other people who actually live their life like that. Yeah. Do you find that there's a lot of, yeah. Do you find that there's a lot of misunderstanding, I guess, within the community or lack of uh, empathy for minority groups to like basically understand that, that point that you are putting forward there is that there are altars that may present and identify, I guess, and resonate differently um, with cultures internally. But when they say it, you know, when they're fronting in, you know, a white body of understanding that there needs to be some sort of, not necessarily middle ground, but just there needs to be more listening to people of colour when it comes to these issues. Actually, I've seen all the things I've experienced tend to be more positive that people are like, oh, this is not that, that they don't, they're not trying to claim it. They're not trying to say that they are that way. I, I think that's only happened to me. I've only experienced that once where people were like, oh, but I have black authors, so I understand what it's like. I'm like, no, mm. you don't, because in the uh, when they're fronting, they're still going to be treated like a white person because the body is white. You, they will still have the, those privileges that they still won't have to, they still won't have the, dis, the way you, you don't have the reaction of like um, uh, dissociating with it. Um, people in the outer world aren't going to react to them in the same way that they would to, um, to someone who is fronting in a black body because that's not how they're going to see them. That's not how they visually represent. So they're not going to be treated that way. So mm-hmm. you, there needs to, you can't say that you understand. And I don't think I've actually um, experienced, I've, I've had singlets who are on like discord servers for people with DID saying, oh, but you have black autism, you know what it's like. And they tend to be, also be white people. So. I don't think it actually tends to come from systems themselves. It's because most of them trying to be more sensitive because people who have had like not the greatest past who have trauma, they don't want to hurt more people. Usually those are the kinds of people who be like, oh, I know what suffering is like and I don't want anyone else to feel that way. So I think it's more people who are just oblivious to what like true like emotional pain and physical pain and things like that are, are the more people who are more likely to act that way. Do you find that within specifically the dissociative community, right, that there, do you find that there is more or less acceptance of yourselves being mixed race than there is, you know, in the groups that you're a part of, you know, whether it be school, friends, family, whatever, being mixed race, like, do you find that it's, better or worse I suppose of that acceptance within the community itself like for you I don't know whether I that question makes sense I 100 have to say it's more of a feeling of acceptance whereas like it, with groups of my friends either you don't have like the bullying but you don't have the true acceptance it's just like we're just not going to comment we're going to pretend like you're we're going to just make sure we never say anything mentioning race around you or we'll say it very quietly in the hopes that you don't hear or if the topic of racism comes up we're going to very very quickly change it because we don't know how to react around you whereas I feel like if I'm with people from the the dissociative community they're more they're more um willing to talk about topics like such as that as long as it's not a trigger because they Mm. because it's just generally a community of people who 
who have trauma and they want, they understand pain and they want to help. And it's more, mm. I think, I feel like the community as a whole tends to be more accepting when people, yeah, they know what it's also, they know what it's like to not be accepted, even if it's for a different reason, such as having DID or OSDD. If you, if yeah. you've experienced what it's like to not be accepted, you're more likely to be accepting. And even further inside from that, do you find that the like black DID community is equally more or less accepting of you being mixed race um, rather than, you know, darker skin? Like, do you find, or have you had any experiences where people have kind of discounted your opinion on racial discussions because of your skin being lighter than theirs. Yeah, I have. People will say, you're paler. You, so it's people aren't quite as bad when it comes to you. Or you're mixed, so you can't understand what racism is because you're not black. Things like that. But I actually don't, um, yeah, the black social community, I don't think I have any access to that because of that, the, that tends to be one of the places that like you saying you have racial trauma is not as valid because you're not what you're not truly black and only black people can have it i sort of heard things like that but usually i just like okay i'm gonna stay away because i don't want to upset other people um mm. yeah easier to just be part of a more diverse group where it's just everyone can join it than to try and get into it and try and say oh okay i'm mixed and i want to be in this place where people can talk about what it's like to um, you know, live in a, to have racial trauma and things like that. Yeah, yeah, which is, that's, like, awful, like, but I, I, I can understand that as well from, you know, our own perspective of being mixed and some of the interactions that we have had in the past in the community is that because mm-hmm there has been like a lot of issues lately um, around like race claiming. And from that, a lot of uh, black systems have been very, and rightfully so like aggravated, agitated, you know, uh, upset about white systems, like having alters and race claiming. But because of that, there has been that extra exclusion where they've just kind of like put up their walls and anyone that is, you know, lighter than a certain skin tone but is still black or you know mixed race right that it's kind of like well you don't know racial trauma so you don't have any say on this when like because you are mixed race it's like yes well I do have like mixed race and not white passing right it's like well yes I still do have racial trauma like it it has yeah it's very interesting to kind of see that change I guess in dynamic over time because of how everything is kind of like domino effect if that makes sense yeah mm, i understand yeah. that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i i just had a thought and it completely disappeared um oh yeah right because <laughs> i was looking at my questions as well um and not specific i guess just to the dissociative community but in um, well it can be as I well but in general movie <laughs> Who am I speaking to? Penny. I thought we were watching School of Rock earlier. I thought it was still the movie. <laughs> no. Hey, did you say your name's Honey? <laughs> Hi. 
Hi. Hi, my okay. name is Moxie. Okay, here you are, so I'm going to get someone else for a second. That's okay, that's okay. <laughs> I can call oh, you guys back later if you want. Ooh, my phone has low battery. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That That's okay. I was just like, I was like, oh, wait, what's happening? There's sounds that are happening that I don't recognize the voice. I'm like, oh, hello. I like switch my screen back to Zoom. I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> we have more littles. They're getting a bit hard to keep track of. They're very excitable. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not School of Rock. <laughs> it's a good, a good film. movie. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what a throwback. Now that makes me, like, now I want to watch that when I'm done. I'm like, oh, yeah, School of Rock. Sounds great. Relaxing <laughs> Sunday in bed, watching movies. <laughs> if you guys are too spacey, though, I was going to say, we, we, can, we, can, we can wrap up. <laughs> oh, no, we're fine. It was just very unexpected because the number of litters went up and she's very excitable and she wanted to watch the film. Oh, yeah. she's so cute. <laughs> it's like really funny though because when she came out like I could literally the second that like we could sense that it was a little it's like Kirsten who's one of like our caretaker alters she like I could just feel her coming towards the front I was just like I was like don't worry I got this I'm great with kids. <laughs> she's like so I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> okay did i miss a question um uh, no you missed me slightly dissociating when i was thinking of a question because i scrolled back to my um what do you call it my one note notebook thing and so i couldn't see your screen at all and then i heard like the vocal change and i was just like wait a second and i go back here and i'm like oh hello <laughs> <laughs> um so no you didn't miss a question um <laughs> I was looking at, oh yeah, because one of the two of the things I wanted to uh, ask you guys as well is, and not just within like the dissociative community, but just in general, um, do you find when interacting with different, well, between like the different two cultures, right, that there are certain mannerisms that you have to pick up or certain yeah, like certain mannerisms that you've had to pick up to fit more into that group that you're interacting with. Yeah, definitely. Um, if I'm spending time with German people, I complain a lot more. <laughs> I always find there's always something to, you always find a topic, it's usually school. Um, I make my voice a lot whinier, which is, it sounds sort of rude, but German people, they sort of have like a twinge to their voice so at that. Um, I'm also quieter. I'm more likely to let someone speak in front of me. Whereas if I'm spending time with Nigerian people or other mixed people, I'm very loud and very excitable. I will make all my jokes and I will make everyone make sure they're heard. And I, yeah, so I would say definitely do have sort of, there was a time we thought it was two separate waters, but it was just me just changing myself <laughs> slightly. Yeah. yeah Does that like add like a, yeah, does that add, I suppose, um, another layer of complexity within that? Because you said, you know, you thought it was two separate alters because with the body being mixed race, when you're interacting with people and having to 
kind of adopt certain mannerisms that are more, you know, socially acceptable within the different racial and like cultural groups that it can get, like you said, a little bit confusing because it's like, okay, this is happening and, you know, but you also have a dissociative disorder and you're like, is this different alters or is this just me acting different in different cultural situations? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very frustrating for our gate people because he's always like, wait, did we just, was there just a switch that I wasn't aware of? Or is it still the same person and they just managed to completely change that fast? Yeah, it gets very confusing. You do often go for a hunt for the new alter because you're like, when did I start acting like this? And then it turns out, oh, it was just a different social group. And that's just how yeah. it, meant. it just mirrored their behavior a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you found like from that, that it has been, I guess, confusing? And did you, did you have any moments of invalidation specifically to do with having to, you know, having to having to change in the cultural like you know context that you're in right like did you feel any sense of invalidation towards your own disorder because of that of being like oh well I'm faking or whatever because it's just it's just a change from you know my uh from interacting with black people and mixed race people to interacting with like German people that it's more of just like a social setting type of thing yeah I've definitely thought that there was a time I thought oh wait so maybe all these people that I'm talking to in my head and having these strange and spontaneous conversations with maybe it's just me thinking about how I would act in different social situations um so there were so that's I think that's why it took me so long to actually believe that like Jade was another person because she or and not just me when I'm like more like when I'm louder and when I'm with around Nigerian people um yeah so it definitely makes it a bit harder to trust yourself because when you can you can change yourself to fit another group you're asked you do have to ask yourself am I just changing myself to fit into a different context now or is it truly a different auto is it truly a different person or is it just me acting differently so yeah it can be Mm. a bit scary you're a bit not quite sure so so if you don't have a professional diagnosis like we don't it can yeah it's a bit more worrying yeah but I don't think anyone else struggles with it yeah and I know that this isn't specifically a question um on race but I I something that I, I wanted to ask as well how have you found interacting in the dissociative community and whether you like um you know said it to anyone or anything like that before the fact of not having a professional diagnosis like has that been you know, a positive or negative experience or a very like, you know, mixed, I suppose, experience, (laughs) pardon the pun, irony. Um, But has that been like, how's that experience been for you saying, hey, I don't have a diagnosis, but I believe this to be the disorder that I have. Like, do you find people have discounted your, your views on things or not wanted to talk to you further? Or do you find that they've been more accepting or understanding or has it been a very like mixed response? I've never said it because I think it's just, yeah, it's not really necessary and it just worries that people are going to say things like, oh, so you're just faking it and then you lose all the context of people who feel the same way and then so it's just adding an extra sort of 
level of drama, which sounds wrong because it's not really adding drama, but it's just being able to tell people the truth, but it's sort of worrying that that's how people would see it, that you're just like attention seeking or things like that. So mm. prefer, or that they'll start looking for signs that you're faking it um, because you're, mm. because it's not official. Yeah. Or they'll be like, or yeah. They'll, yeah. So it's just a worry that things will go wrong if you say it. So just keep it to yourself. Yeah. And with those worries as well, do you find that they're worries that are, you know, anxiety and trauma-based worries or is it because there are things that you have observed from other people that have said, like other systems that have said, I don't have a diagnosis and then people do have a diagnosis attacking them online and things like that. Like, do you think that it's from observing that, that there are more anxieties about, you know, saying it or not saying it. Yeah, I think it's definitely from seeing it happen to other people, not just with, um, like, not just with um, DID or OSDD, but people saying, I think I, even saying something like, I think I might have depression, which isn't even, you're not even saying you do, but then people are like, well, if you don't have a professional diagnosis, then no. It's the fact that there is gatekeeping around mental illnesses, like, People can't even worry or like think that they might have something because um, there are often people who don't have the resources to go and actually get a professional diagnosis. And the fact that you won't let them at least try to figure things out on their own or at least like look at some tips and tricks and things like that to, to coping because you mm. want to, because they, because they can't get a professional diagnosis, it's actually really sad that there were people with gatekeepers. It's often the people who are looking for those resources are the people who can't get a, a professional diagnosis either because they can't afford like to go and see a therapist or because they still live in a situation where they can't and things like that. Um, they're usually the ones who are actually seeking it and they're the ones that are being prevented from having access to it. So I think, yeah, people shouldn't be able to say, oh, I have bipolar disorder, um, bipolar disorder and like say oh and so you have to treat me this way and it's official because I think it and they have no things to base it on but I don't think saying things like oh I might have bipolar I might have depression I think I might have DID the people those people shouldn't be immediately shunned and sort of forced out of the community because just because they can't get a professional diagnosis yet yeah and, and do you think that there is like in terms of topics that the community um like the dissociative community and the mental health community need to really work on at the moment like what would you say that those would be like would you say overall it would be like just you know being more empathetic and like listening or like more to specific topics whether it be you know racism or ableism um like sexism things like that like is there something specific that you think really needs to be focused on in the mental health and dissociative community at the moment i would say accepting that not everyone has the resources to uh, to sort of um yeah get the kind of help that they need and that people shouldn't be judged or they shouldn't be sort of blamed for not being able to get help when because there, there are instances where people be like, well, why don't you see a therapist? And people be like, but I can't. And they're like, but that's your problem. It's not. Because you, you have to be accepting that there are people who, their lives are different. The access, they, maybe they don't have the, maybe they don't have the money. Maybe they don't, maybe they're in a poor living situation. They shouldn't be blamed for not being able to get help. 
it's a different mm. there's a difference between not wanting to and not being able to that needs to be recognized more the, the question from there as well would be how how like what would you like to see from the community going forward like in terms of actions to get to those points are there specific like actions from that or is it more so again just having like being able to listen I suppose it's currently Jade sorry I also wanted to add a point that um, there's a lot of people sorry (laughs) we can switch very subtly um people are often they, they they're less accepted by the community because of their age we're 15 and we do understand think we understand things too we understand what mental health can be like and people cannot and what mental illness is and people cannot say oh you're too young to understand this topic people have said you can't have dissociative identity disorder because you're not old enough you which makes no sense it is a childhood trauma it is something we've had as a kid they say that the fact that you know that you have it means you don't because you're not old enough yet so that means you must be faking and especially this belief that teenagers um are more like uh, are often just attention seeking and they don't really feel what they're feeling mm. like with the with the ageism um do you see because from from my perspective of what i've observed of being um like you know part of the online community for the past i think maybe three years that we've um been online for is that it's like there's this there's this one age group i suppose that's deemed as acceptable and at the forefront of things as you know people that are in i would say like i would say like from 20 to 30 that's the acceptable group and the pioneers so to speak paving way and I and like you know I know I'm totally like throwing us under the bus for this because it, it literally is very from what I've observed and the friendship groups and the groups that like we've been a part of is that it's accepted by the majority of the community that you know people between 20 and 30 know that they have the disorder right but then there's this ageism of people that are you know, in the category that you guys are in, which is like in like between like the ages of like, say like 15 and like 20, right? And then like anything above like, you know, say 30 or 35, right? Where there isn't that much acceptance or I suppose mainly your group where there isn't that acceptance and then the older group where it's... There's often the, you should have integrated by now or you should have grown out of this. Yeah. When it's someone I've heard, I've seen a 70 year old join a Discord server about dissociative identity disorder because they, their daughter showed it to them. And people said, by this age, you would have integrated and they were removed from the server. That's awful. Yeah. I'm not shocked, but that's still awful. Yeah, and that yeah, was that an immediate, no, we cannot be part of this group. We need to exit, find yeah. a way out, make a, make a final statement, goodbye. Yeah. And so for, for you guys, it's like the opposite of just being like, you're too young to understand, even though the people that are saying that it's kind of like, well, the disorder develops, like you said, you know, it, it develops in childhood before, you know, the age of like nine. So it's kind of like, if you're older than nine, then it means that you can have the disorder. And also the fact that they think that you can't understand the disorder when there's so much more resources and 
um, representation nowadays overall of the community, right, than there was a couple of years ago. So for them to pretend like, you know, you've been living under a rock type of thing and can't see all of these other people talking about their experiences is very mind-boggling. I think, in fact, the dissociative identity disorder with a group that are most likely to understand things because as soon as you have things, as soon as you have trauma, you tend to mature faster. So if it's a weird group of people that would be able to understand things, more complicated things, especially about emotions and mental health from a younger age, even from the age. So I've known since I was created about all of, since I was actually, well, I figured out like the terms when I was 10. Mm. when the body was 10 yeah yeah and do you find that as well like with being part of a younger age group that that also resonates across a lot of other um factors in life uh, whether it be like things like um uh like gender sexuality um racism things like that that your generation is really like more able to like kind of absorb things more because there is so much like vocalization on those issues nowadays that there are like you said like those terms that you can understand compared to you know say like even though we're not a huge age gap apart we're like 10 years apart though still like compared to like back when we were like 15 like there were there wasn't anything on anything right like do you find that for your generation it's like like you said like isn't there is that ability to comprehend things from a younger age because of where you're set like in like timeline wise like a birth right yeah i would say our age group has the it's the easiest for us to be accepting because we have the internet you can google dissociative identity disorder and see people's personal stories and it's so much easier to be accept to accept an individual and accept the way that they're living and when it's something personal and you can hear from this person and you can see how they live their life it is easier to see it as something that is real and something that people actually experience than when you're just reading a list of terms and psychological explanations. You can watch videos of people talking about it. You can hear people talking, you can hear people say their emotions. You can hear them, you can even see them switch and hear difference in accents and personality. And it makes it all, it makes it so much easier to believe it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And what is your hope from that? Like when it comes to that ageism right in the community what is your hopes from that moving forward um in terms of you know acceptance that people don't believe that possible integration is not always the goal that so people shouldn't and that you shouldn't believe that someone's going to grow out of something especially not an identity disorder that um when you're when you know about it from a younger age that people just take teenagers more seriously and that it's not always this, oh, it's just hormones, something like that. that regardless, it shouldn't even be some a question of age because all these people have had it from when they were five. I thought when that old per, older person joined the group, I would have thought, wow, well, here's someone who has had this for so long and they're alive and they're functioning and they can actually help more people. 
and instead it was this complete no you're too old there should it should not there should be no limit to what age you can be it should just be you say you have this we believe you and we will help you there should not I don't think people should even have to specify their age at this point other than for specific topics that because honestly it should not be a reason to believe or not believe someone just because they're older or younger yeah yeah and are there any I guess further you know points I guess as a a wrap-up for this as well like any further points that you guys really want to um, discuss and I guess put out there to those who are watching and and listening to this um, you know podcast video um, about any of the topics in relation to you know racism ageism anything like within the community that you feel is really important to be able to put out there there this is something about the brain dissociative identity disorder it's about how the brain functions the the body that it's inside the race that they belong to none of that has none of that is a reason to have or to not have the disorder because it is something it's it's not I've heard ridiculous things like people, black people can't be depressed because their brains are different. (sighs) Just, it's a human being. The brain is the same. It will function the same way regardless of what kind of body it's in, regardless of what that body looks like. That does not have an effect on it. The brain is still going to, it will still react to, to, this is still a way that any brain can react to trauma regardless of what kind of body it is. And don't, like believe someone more because of their race or believe them less just yeah just have faith in people believe that that when they tell you something believe them until they prove that you shouldn't be caring and don't try and block people from say if you don't have a if you don't have a professional it's not real just in general just be more caring just let just believe things innocent until proven guilty Believe yeah. someone's tr- telling the truth before, rather than believe they're lying. I yeah, I, I really really appreciated like being able to to interview you guys on this, and I'm really looking forward to others being able to to listen and and watch um, the audio on on this experience or these experiences that you guys have and your opinions on the topics because I feel it's yeah it's, it's really important to have different. Um, like have different variants of, of visibility and everything like that um, within the community and for everyone to be able to share their stories because at the end of the day, like to be able to make progress within and out of the community, we, there needs to be like that diversity of experience. And, and yeah, I really appreciate um, you guys taking, taking the time. Um, it would to, be nice to be able to, to talk to, about it. It's not usually a topic that we ever get to. I don't think we've said any of these things out loud before. It's quite nice, very validating as a system. Mm-hmm.